Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. We've been talking about faith and uh, I don't know how many of you have been following the faith series, the faith refresher course. Come on. How many of you have been following it online? Online? Okay. So, a whole of you have not been following. So, make sure you get the messages. Make sure you download them and listen to them over and over again. You need to build yourself on that. Now, we, we started talking about the whole concept of faith in God's Word and renewing our mind regarding faith. Let's go to Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. Luke chapter 17 and verse 5 to 6. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The apostles said what? Increase our faith. And what was the response of Jesus? And the Lord said, If you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. The apostles came to Jesus. And he said, we want you to increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. They talked to Jesus about increasing their faith. Jesus responded to them about what? Using their faith. Glory to God. They talked to Jesus about increasing their faith. Jesus responded to them about doing what? Using their faith. So, we learn from that example, how do you increase your faith? You increase your faith by putting it to practice. If you want your faith to grow, you need to start using it. You know, it's like the example I gave. I said, every man here and every woman here, you have the capacity to increase your muscles. Every man has the potential to have six packs. Some have two, some have none. But it is not because the muscles is not there already. It is because they haven't gone to the gym to do what? To exercise it. It's the same thing. When you became born again, when you accepted the Lord into your life, faith was born. In you. Because you couldn't be saved if you did not have faith. The Bible says, by faith are we saved through grace. So, you already have faith to believe that Jesus died for you. So, the faith of God is on your inside already. Come on, somebody say, the faith of God is on my inside already. Say it one more time. Say, the faith of God is on my inside already. Okay, so the faith of God, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So you have right now, as you sit there listening to me, the measure of faith. Now what you need to do is to start putting it to practice. You don't need to pray, oh Lord, increase my faith. No, you already have faith. You need to put it to practice. Now, Jesus in, in Luke chapter 17 verse, verse 6 tells us about using faith to be specific. 
using your faith to be specific. Faith has to be specific. Faith has to be specific. So, I'll give you an example. We are trusting God to begin to reach French-speaking West Africa. So, we have a target of, a, of, a, of the nation or the nations we want to reach. Right? And then, we've got a scripture we are standing on. We've got a verse of scripture we are standing on. And what's that verse of scripture? Psalms chapter 2, verse 8, which says, word, If we ask the Lord, He will give us the nations for our inheritance. So, our faith is founded on the word. Right? Come on now, are you here? Because your faith cannot just be standing alone. It has to be rooted on the word. There must be a word that you're standing on. So you've got to find a scripture that you're believing God for to come to pass in your life. And this is where a lot of people miss it in faith because they are too lazy to select or to go and search the scripture. They are too lazy to search a scripture. To find the word of God that you are standing on. And so, the Bible says that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and be casted into the sea. Now, you've got to understand something. God is saying, it, the smallness of your faith, a small mustard seed is very small. A small amount of your faith will also produce a mighty result. Because... Your faith actually is just a converter of God's power. Let me explain that. Now, if you see all these lights, all these mighty lights we've got on the pulpit and everything because of our streaming and the rest, if you look at where they are plugged into the socket, it's a very small socket. Now, if you look at that socket from your natural eyes, you'll feel like, yeah, this is too small to power this kind of big lights. Right? But the truth of the matter is that the socket is just an activation point. The main power that's actually powering this light is from the transformer right there. And that's the same thing with you. Your faith is just an activating point for the power of God. What's causing your faith to produce is the power of God. Because, and, and the reason I'm emphasizing this is because we have a whole lot of people who say, well, I don't have enough faith. If I had faith as big as pastor's faith, or if I have faith as big as this man, you don't need to envy other people's faith. It's the same faith you have. You put yours to work. I'll repeat that again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need to say, oh, that man is a faith giant. You grow up to become a faith giant. You have the word of God. The word of God is the food of faith. Everybody say the word of God is the food of faith. How do you feed your faith? You study God's word. The, the, the Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. You have to discipline yourself to feed yourself the word. Somebody want to grow in their faith life. They don't have time to listen to faith building messages. They are too busy to study the word of God. Sometimes they spend all their time watching movies, watching the news, listening to all the bad reports out there. Faith is not going to come by listening to the news. What's going to come rather? Fear. Hallelujah. And, and I want to tell you this, right? If you want to grow your faith like, you have to discipline yourself to get into the Word of God. You have to. You have to discipline yourself to get into the Word of God. You cannot be lazy about your spiritual growth and expect to be proficient in faith. You cannot be lazy about your spiritual growth and expect to be a faith giant. 
It costs discipline. Sometimes you have to separate yourself to feed yourself with the Word of God. Sometimes you have to separate yourself to, to get in, in, lock yourself into the Scriptures, and read and meditate on the Scriptures until faith arises in your heart, glory to God, and until your confession begins to change. These things take time. They take discipline. Many people want to get mighty results and they don't want to go with the process. They don't want to follow the process. And we, not, we need to be able to deal with that. Because God wants us to become faith giants. God wants us to use our faith not only to get results, but to change things and to change nations and to cause His will to come to pass. God is depending on us. Hallelujah. Come on, I said Hallelujah. Alright, now, um, one of the expressions of faith is our words. One of the expressions of faith is our words. Proverbs chapter 18. We'll repeat this again. Proverbs chapter 18. One of the expressions of faith is our words. Proverbs 18, 21. Verse 20. Proverbs 18, verse 20. With the fruit of a man's mouth... His stomach will be satisfied. Let's meditate on this. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. He will be satisfied with what? The product of his lips. What will satisfy a man's life? What his enemies are planning against him? Did you come to church or you want to go home? Did you come to church? Did you hear what I just said? Am I speaking French already or I'm speaking English? What am I speaking? Okay. So I'll repeat it again. What will satisfy the product of... What will satisfy a man? The product of what? The product of what? The product of the government? The product of what the enemies are planning? The product of his location? The product of what? So if I see the product of your life, where can I trace that to? Do we agree? This is God's word. This is God's word. You cannot constantly talk failure and experience success. You cannot constantly talk lack and experience prosperity. You cannot constantly talk about your weakness and experience strength. You know, a couple of days ago, the Lord began to deal with me regarding that. Because I found out in the last month, I'm always like, yeah, you know, I'm getting tired, I'm getting tired. I'm getting... And the Lord began to say, you, you're speaking to your body. You're giving your body information. Now, do I feel tired? Yes. Just go rest. And speak over your body. The Lord is my strength. Glory to God. He renews my youth like that of an eagle. As my days are, so shall my strength be. Come on, how many of you think if I keep saying that, I will be satisfied with the product of my lips? The product of your lips is what will satisfy your life. 
So if the product of your lips is about what the enemies are doing, what witches are doing, what wizards are doing, what the government is not doing right, what, uh, what bad things are going out there, don't be surprised, don't be surprised when you start receiving those products and your life starts being satisfied with those products. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. You will be filled with what you stick out. We cannot undermine our confessions. We cannot downplay the role of our faith confessions. Your confessions are the bridges towards... uh, Your confessions are the bridges that either your miracle is coming to you or your miracle is going away from you. You've got to decide the traffic, the direction of the traffic. You have to decide the direction of the traffic. Are miracles coming towards you or miracles are going away from you? Because if you constantly speak doubt, fear and unbelief, you create a spiritual atmosphere around you that would repel the possibilities of the realm of the Spirit. Glory to God. Come on, I say glory to God. Your life can be a whole lot different if you spend time in God's Word. That's the truth. You'll be amazed at the favor of God. You'll be amazed at the glory of God. I like, I was listening to a lady this morning before I came to church, and I just stumbled on her ministry, and she's such a blessing. She, she, uh, she got born again about 1980-something in, in France. And the Lord led her to go and study in Tulsa. She went to Rema Bible Training Center in Tulsa and the Lord began to, as, I, as I'm having out, as I'm trusting the Lord to have outreaches to these French-speaking nations, I'm just looking up certain ministries that are reaching those ministries and just seeing them. That's how I stumbled on her. But she said something. She used the word this morning. Uh, she was t- talking about praying in the Holy Spirit. And I like what she said. She said, the more you spend time praying in tongues, the more you direct spiritual traffic your way. Ah, I like that. I like that. I mean, ooh, it stirred something up in my spirit. I mean, some of you, if we look at your life, there's no traffic your way. It's just one bike in one year going through your spiritual road. And that's the year you hear a very faith-building message. And you just go pray in tongues. Man, and the spiritual activities start coming. Bikes and cars start coming. Bam, the next day, Bob, just drop your Bible. Z-World. African magic. Instagram. And I realized something about those things. Immediately, I don't know if it's happening to you, but I find it right now. Like, you just go on social media and just find out somebody has died. I don't know. I just turn on and then, boom, one prominent person has died. You turn on the next day, bam, somebody has died. You turn on, ah. You know all these people that have died, my grandmother in the village doesn't know. And those information don't leave us the same. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said those information don't leave us the same. Then you know like a prominent person dies and then you go on Facebook and then people start talking about oh, he's in a better place. Oh, you have to leave. Oh, count your days. Oh, and then you start thinking also ah, oh, when is my turn? And then all of that stuff. But if you feast your eyes on Psalm 90, the last verse, what, what will you think of? With long life, glory to God, will He satisfy me and show me His salvation? How many of you know that if you spend more time thinking about long life, you'll live, you'll live longer? 
But how many of you also know if you spend more time looking at the statistics of how many people are dying, you're also doing something to your life? No information will leave us the same. A faith man is conscious of the information that gets on his head. It's called the lifestyle of faith. This is not just something to get something from God. This is a lifestyle. You've got to be deliberate. You've got to be deliberate. And that's something the Lord has been putting very strong in my spirit. Being deliberate about the information you receive and the words that come out of your mouth. We need to remind ourselves these things again. They look basic, but we need to remind ourselves what is our confession, what is our declaration, what is our expectation. And I have decided that the remaining four months of this year, they are going to be my best months ever. They are going to be months of favor, of increase, of blessing, of open doors. Our ministry is going to grow more in this four months than it has ever grown before. We're going to reach more people. We're going to be of a more blessing. Glory to God. By December 31st, when we look back, we will say, what a year. The Lord has crowned us with loving kindness and has made His mercy to show forth in our life. Glory to God. You are the prophet of your own life. What you say is what you have. It's not what is happening. Come on, I said, what you say is what you have. And if, if I have what I say, then I choose to say the right things. Then I choose to speak blessings. Then I choose to speak only the things that God says about me. Somebody say glory. You've got to learn to say God's word. So I say, I just want to be real. No. Be truthful. Truth will change reality. The reality of Abraham's life was that Sarah's womb was dead. The reality of Abraham's life was that his body was old. But the truth was that God has called him a father of many nations. So I say, let's be real. I don't want to be real. I want to be truthful. Because I don't want my reality. My reality doesn't look like what I want. So I choose to be truthful. And what is the truth? What God's word says about me. Let me read one more scripture to you and then we'll look at the case of Abraham. I'm just dropping eyes in on the cake of the last couple of days. Uh, okay, no, no, no. Stay there. Stay in Proverbs first. I'm not done. Verse. Uh, we did verse what now? We did verse 21. Right? No, we did verse 20. Verse 21. Verse 21. Let's look at this. Come on. Everybody read loud and clear. Once ago, death and life are in the power of what? The power of what? The power of the enemies? The power of what? The thong. Okay, what's going to happen? Those who love it will eat what? Hmm. Think deeply about that. Think very deeply about that. Death and life. Can I tell you something? As I was studying this thing, this came, came very strong to my mouth, my, my, my spirit. Any word you speak falls into any of these categories. There's no middle ground. Yeah? Any word you speak, any word you speak is either life or it's death. And sometimes you don't have to say death, death. You don't have to say curse, curse. In fact, as I was studying the scripture, Mark 11, Jesus said to the tree, 
Jesus just said, I mean, the fig tree. Jesus said to the fig tree, no man will eat fruit from thee anymore. Forever. That's what Jesus said. No man will eat fruit from thee forever. Just said it. The disciples heard it. You know what Peter said? Peter said, the fig tree which you cursed is dead. Do you realize Jesus did not say, I curse you fig tree? Jesus did not say, I curse you fig tree. Jesus just spoke words that made that fig tree unproductive. Did you get that? Come on, did you get that? So, so you need to understand this. I really need you to understand this. You don't necessarily need to say, I curse my life. No, you don't necessarily need to say that. All you need to say sometimes is to say, I don't know why anything doesn't work for me. Come on, does that look like death or life? Uh, don't worry. All the past ones you have said, God has forgiven you. Just agree with me first. Because somebody's just like, yeah, I said that yesterday. Yeah, that's the problem. Come on. How many of us at one time or the other have said, I don't know why things don't work for me? I've said it. Have you said it? Okay. Does that look like life or death? How many of you have said, you know in this country, it's difficult to just get anything if you don't know anybody. Does that look like death or life? Someone say, yeah, but that's the reality. No, we have agreed that we don't talk reality. We talk the truth. What is the truth? The favor of God can make an Israelite to become a prime minister in Egypt. That's what we say. That's our reality. Our reality is what is painted to us in scriptures. The scripture is your reality. You are now a child of God. You are now born of the Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The faith life is a life of discipline. Because when your flesh starts cringing, when all the numbers start rising, when all the facts start coming, you will not know where you just say, give me a moment. Let me just say the way it is in my mind. When the pressure starts coming. But your death and life are in the power of your tongue. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you today. Certain words must never come out of your mouth again forever. You have to banish them. You will never hear me say, I don't know why people don't like me. I never say that. I've never said that in years. And if people don't like me, I think they have a problem. I should be the most likable person on the earth. I don't care what your opinion is. The favor of God is upon my life. So I don't go to places expecting people to hate me. You know people just go to certain places. I say, you see, just watch them. Watch them. Watch them. The way they are going to be. Just watch now. Watch them. Watch them. Watch them. I told you. As we enter, they just stop smiling. What's my business? If you like, stop smiling. If you like, keep smiling. Whatever the favor of God is, it's on my life. You can't control people's reaction towards you. You can control your reaction towards them. You can control your reaction towards yourself. And I've made up my mind, nobody on this earth is going to cause offense in my heart. Nobody on this earth is going to cause sadness in my heart. Why? Because myself and God, we are working on a project. I'm working on something. I'm believing for something. And everything else that is not in line with that is just a distraction that I need to sort out. My heart is a fertile ground for God's word, not a fertile ground for offenses. I choose what grew in the garden of my heart. Anger is not going to grow here. 
Bitterness is not going to grow here. Come on, what's going to grow in the garden of my heart? The word of God and the word of God only. Those things are weeds that will choke your faith. Anxiety. You're believing God for something and you're anxious. Oh God, when will you do it? Oh God, when will you do it? Oh God, when will you do it? Oh Father, when will you do it? Oh Father, when will you do it? No. Faith and patience goes together. That is why in your life, and listen very carefully to me, don't be under pressure. You know, I, I don't know how to put it. It's good to set goals. But don't have all those unnecessary pressure. I want to marry before I'm 22. Before I'm 26, I want to have my two children. You see, just... I don't know how to put it. Take those, those pressures sometimes are human markers. It's good. I mean, you should say when you want to marry, marry early and everything. But don't put yourself under unnecessary anxiety. There's the plan of God for your life. Follow the plan. One of the signs of God's plan for your life is that it will bring peace to your heart. Even in ministry, pastors can be under unnecessary pressure. And I've, and I've, and I've seen some ministers, let me, let me use my life as an example. I've written many books before I wrote Dear Timothy. I've written maybe like three or four books before I've written Dear Timothy. And those books, man, I struggled to sell a lot of them. Struggled. Struggled in the sense that it didn't sell like that. It didn't go very far. But when I wrote Dear Timothy, and the Lord inspired my heart to write Dear Timothy, when I wrote Dear Timothy, Dear Timothy is gone all over. It's gone all over. I found out that even pastors buy the copy of that book. In fact, the very first time, most times when I travel to preach, I pay my own way, the very first time a ministry uh, in South Africa, a ministry of my friend, Brandon Bailey, they bought me a ticket to come to South Africa to just teach them that book for two days. It wasn't a Sunday service. It was their workers' meeting. Just by reading that book. And then I realized something about life, right? Sometimes we do things and we struggle to push it. We struggle to make it happen. But if we will learn to wait on the timing of the Lord, when we wait on the timing of the Lord, you know what's going to happen? Those things are going to come with ease. Faith must accompany patience. Come on, say faith and patience are the power twin. Your faith must go with patience. A lot of people have faith, but very little patience. They are in a hurry. And so they use their faith as the last minute emergency. No. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how to work. You are going to get into 2021, which is next year. Why don't you start praying about that year? Why don't you start speaking words on that year? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, we've talk, we're talking about French outreaches that we're going to do next year. I'm already praying about those things. I'm already speaking words. I'm already putting my faith and releasing words and, and trusting God for partners. And that's next year. Maybe like next year, whatever, next year. But you know what people want to do? They won't do anything about next year. Then December 31st. 1158. They now want to put me under pressure. Ah, pastor, just speak a word. Speak a word. Sorry, that's one of the reasons I don't do 31st night. I just feel that sometimes people are just, just lazy. And that's why you discover even in this ministry from November, we start praying and speaking over the year. And then we rest. We just sleep into the January 1st. Just sleep in your house. Relax with your family. Because we, we should have settled the year way before December 31st. 
11.59. Oh, yeah, I receive. I receive. Oh, I receive. It's mine. This year. Oh, I receive. Oh, I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. January 1st. January 3rd. Okay? January 3rd. Bam! Something hits. Ha! This year. I don't understand. Every year. It's just three days into the year. I don't understand. Here we start. We start with bad legs. How we are with this year now? This year, I'm just looking at this year. I'm just wondering. Then you start sharing pictures. January 30th is the longest month. It's a dry month. You know what's happening? You actually didn't have faith. Because if you have spent time putting the word of God in your heart concerning the year, you will, you would have built enough faith that even, you know, <laughs> you know, when this whole thing started at the beginning of this year, you know how many people's hope just went? I mean, some people have never experienced joy since March. They just stay on NCDC website. Hey, figures. Hey, figures. Oh, figures. They are comparing figures. Brazil yesterday was 10,000. This one is 11. US was 2. Hey, Nigeria. Rivers is growing. He rivers. Rivers. Ah, Delta State. You know, and they've been doing that for the past six months. Do you realize that the plans of God for your life can still come to pass in spite of what is going on in the world? No, you didn't hear me. I said, do you realize that whatever, whatever, I mean every single thing God has ordained for you this year, every single one of them can still come to pass regardless of what's going on in the world if your faith is active. If your faith is active, if your confession is active, God can. You know, it's amazing. We, we, I mean, when we sing a song, God can do impossible things. God can do mighty things. Then we dance. And we say, oh, God is great. He can do glorious things. He's the captain of my destiny. And we sing all those songs. He's turning things around. Bam! Until we go home and put up Facebook. Wow, COVID-19. Ah, this year has spoiled. And you just said, how would you know that you serve a living God if He doesn't do impossible things out of impossible situations? I'll tell you something, saints of God, this is one of those years where you will know that God is alive. Just put your faith out there. Just put your faith out there. Glory to God. And everybody will be wondering, what's going on? Hallelujah. Come on, I said everybody will be wondering, what's going on? Glory to God. Do you even realize as a ministry we've not stopped building? Hmm? Glory to God. They say, well, COVID is coming, let's stop our fence for now, after COVID. No. Just keep doing what you're doing. Some of those things are distractions. It's a reality, but it can be a distraction to the purposes of God for your life. You keep your eyes on the word. Come and tell, tell yourself, I'll keep my eyes on the word. Oh, come and say one more. Say, I'll keep my eyes on the word. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Your tongue holds death and life for you. You've got to choose. Deuteronomy 30, 19. I'm going to give you the message of both the first service and this service so you can listen to them because I'm, I'm, I'm going in a bit of a different direction. Please make sure all these messages are free. You're not paying for them. Get them. 
and listen. Make sure you're listening to them. It's very important. Feed your faith daily. I listen to messages daily. I listen to messages daily. I feed my faith. I feed, feed my spirit man with God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. That I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So do what? Choose life in order that you may live and your descendants may live. Now, let me tell you something. How do you choose life? By your words. It's already told us where that power is. By your words. Now, if you study the children of Israel very carefully, you will see how they chose death. I'm, I'm explaining how to choose life. You must, you must warn your friends not to speak death around you. Don't joke with death. Okay? Don't joke with poverty. Don't joke with sickness. You know, when people are around me, I, I, I watch their words. Ah! That thing just made me, I just I want life die. I want life die. What does that mean? What does that mean? Just say you want to laugh. Must you say you almost laugh to death? You know, you know how the enemy always twists our tongues, especially when you speak slangs. That's why you need to be careful of pidgin English. I grew up in Worry and I speak very fluent pidgin English. My pidgin English is very fluent. In fact, I think it was a couple of Sundays ago, somebody heard me speaking pidgin in the office. Like, oh, oh, Pastor, you speak pidgin English. Like, yeah, I do. Can't speak pidgin English in front of camera. But you need to retrain your, your, your voice, your, your mind. You know, right now, when you want to say something is very good, how do you say it? Man, that thing is mad. Yeah, right? See, the attendance is mad, <laughs> And in your mind, you are trending. Is mad a good thing? Is that death? Come on, let's, let's look at it. Is that death or life? Is it a curse or a blessing? Do you, have you observed that the slangs of the enemy is always a curse? I love you to crazy. No, no, no. Now, I love you, but not to the point of getting crazy. I'm crazily in love with you. We can actually be in love with you without adding crazy inside. Come on, how many of you agree to what I'm saying here? Because the enemy makes us to look at blessed as death is a trending language. Are, are you following this? Shouldn't say that. The attendance was good. Don't say this shit is mad. Oh. Say my husband, I love him, he's mad. Oh. He will slap you. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, now we laugh about these things, but if we take time and sit and look at these things from a perspective, we would realize those are death words. Glory to God. And I, and I bet you, to just check your language, you're going to realize there's a lot of death, there's a lot of curse in your language, very unproductive things. So you need to realize that God has given you the power of your tongue to speak life. And that's how you choose. You choose by your words. Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. Now, let me show you something. Numbers chapter 14 verse 28. How do you choose? Dead or life? Numbers chapter 14 verse 28. 
Let's start reading from verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit. I like this. We ought to be people who have a different spirit. Hallelujah. And what's that different spirit? It's the spirit of faith. Different from everyone else. And has followed me fully. So the spirit of faith follows God. I'll bring him to the land which he entered. And it's the same as I take possession of it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites live in the valleys, turn tomorrow and set out to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, and I want to say this, let me, let me pause here and say this, it's strong in my spirit. It says, Caleb and his descendants will live in it. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says, when you choose life, you and your descendants will live. You know the funny thing? The life you are living right now will influence your children that you do not have. Why don't you choose life? Come on. How many of us are where we are today because our parents chose a certain kind of life, whether good or bad? You agree with me? I mean, there are a whole lot of you struggling today that you shouldn't struggle if your parents made the right choices. Am I right? Yes, sir. Then think of your own children, what they will say about you when their pastor also tells them. You know, your children will go to church, right? And then their pastor is going to say, you know what? Some of you are here today because your parents didn't make the right choices. You don't want your children to go with two hands and one leg up and say, mine, mine, mine. You know, sometimes we just feel that, yeah, our parents have done this, our parents have done this, yeah, my father, my mother. And if we look at the choices we're making today, you're heading the same path. Yeah. Why? Because you're speaking wrong words. You're not disciplining yourself to get things done the way it should be. You know, sometimes you've got to look at the future and say, no, I don't want the same future for my children, so I'm going to put the price of following God. Why? Because the scriptures say, once I was young, now I'm old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed beg for bread. So I'll make sure that my seed is the seed of the righteous. I expect my children to walk in favor. I expect the blessing of God to be on their life. I make the right choices so that the blessing can walk in my generation. So let me tell you this, and this is a sobering thought. The choices you're making today are not just for you, they're for your children. So you better choose life. Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. Alright, when verse what? Verse 26. Verse 27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? So grumbling is a sign of unbelief. I've heard the complaints of the sons of Israel which they are making against me. Say to them, say to them, don't ever forget the scripture. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. God cannot do to you more than you're speaking in his hearing. You see, because God did not create us as robots. He created us with a will. We've got a will and a choice. God cannot force his blessings on you. If you keep speaking curses and keep speaking lack and keep speaking all kinds of things that are not right, God cannot overwrite that and bring His blessing. So if you want the blessing of God, He has told you, He says, choose life. Speak words of life. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. He says, speak words of life. This is not dependent on your parents now. This is your choice. And if you start speaking these words early enough, they'll create a pathway of the future for you. When I got, the mess, when I got a hold of the message of faith, 
and got a hold of God's word, the first thing that I'm so grateful God did for me was a hunger for his word. Oh, oh, oh my God, a hunger. We couldn't get free messages. I remember listening to the seven separations of Abraham by Reverend Kolai Washaw. Awesome message on faith. It, it stirred my life so much. I was a youth copper in Zampara State and Reverend Kolai's church was in Kano. I, I looked for the address on the cassette. I traveled to Kano with my allowance after they paid me that month. And I went to buy 60 of his tapes. Our allowance was how much now? Maybe 11,000. 11 or 12,000. I don't know if we end up to 12,000. But then the tape was 100 naira. Went to buy like 60 of his tapes. In fact, I went to Kano not knowing anybody. Just went to the church and said, I came to buy tapes. <laughs> and they said, how many? I said, 60. Ah, the first, ah, 60. <laughs> you know. So then it was 2006. It was all those tape recorders. So they couldn't produce the 60. They said, when do you plan to sleep? I said, no, well, I'll sleep outside. Just get me, get me the tapes. The tape I came for. Ah. One of the pastors now said, no, I should go and sleep in his house, Pastor Wally. I went to his house. I spent like two days. They produced all those messages for two days. I went back to Zamfara State. I feasted on those messages. Oh, man. I listened. That, then the Lord just called me into full-time ministry. And I needed to build my faith to get into full-time ministry. I feasted on those messages. Night and day. Night and day. I was listening. I came out of youth service with a conviction of full-time ministry. It's been 11 plus years. No wavering. You know, sometimes I look at young ministers. You know, when I even say young ministers, it sounds like I'm old, but whatever. I'm not as old as you think, but yeah. <laughs> Should I have a word of knowledge? Okay. You know, but when you look at young ministers today, the Lord called them into ministry. What's the first thing? Go and buy suits. So I have to, so I have to look the parts. Say, man of God, you have to be addressed the way you are. What do they call that now? Address the way you address. And buy three piece suits. Uh, what's that flower they put here now? Put flower, lapel, pin, tie, red shoe, red tie, tomash, belt. Buy keyboard. Buy drum set. Buy mic. No fit. For you see, is that sending text message? Yes, sir. God has commissioned us. We think you can be part of that commission. You have to pay rent. That's why sometimes people laugh at full-time ministers. You see every full-time minister right now, people say, go and look for something to do. Go and do. Because some, some people have made full-time ministry begging. And I can say it publicly. I can say it any day and I'll say this till the day I die. There's no one person who can stand up that I've pastored over these years that can say I have begged them for anything. Not one person. The person is here. Yeah, he can say that or put it on Facebook everywhere. Not one person. Uh, there, there's no food. Can you help? No. Because that's when I need to put the faith to work. If the faith is not working for me, why will I teach you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And no one person, will, and we will never do it. We never bring our personal needs to the pulpit. If I ask you to give for anything, it's for the ministry. Not one thing that I need or my family needs that will get out there. Not one day. And that price was paid. When I fed myself. I remember I've told you the story when I was about to get married. There was no food in the house. And I was going home. And there was no food. And my dad is the pastor of the church. Let me give you this story. Come back to this other story. When I went, moved into my house, my own house in Warida, there was no chair. So my dad told me to take some plastic chairs from the church to put in the house. I told him no. He said, why? I said, if I'm trusting God and you are giving me chairs. If I now go to where there is no church, which chairs will you give me to put in my house? I didn't take it. 
Sometimes even when my dad has offered to help me, I've turned down his help to walk by faith. When I came to plant this church, over seven years ago, there was no salary. I was not on salary. The only support my dad gave to me to come to Bonnie Island was 20000 I came into this island with 4000 naira in my pocket, two trousers and three shirts. In fact, the day we were to start Sunday service, I had only a t-shirt. There was no long sleeve to use. And I prayed. I said, God, I'm going to preach. And you know me. If you don't give me long sleeve, I will go and preach like this. And I'll tell you, the person is a member of this church now, but then he was not a member of the church. He's in redeemed. He has even forgotten. Around 10 that night, he came back again. I was squatting with my friend Tayo in the area. He came back and said, oh, I bought these shirts before and I've not used them. He gave me three long sleeve shirts. One of those shirts is still in my house. I just kept it testimony for museum later. When I die, when you people want to go and see, you can go and check this shirt. I just kept it. Yeah, because it's the testimony. That shirt always reminds me that if the Lord gave me a shirt the first Sunday to preach, he will give me whatever I need. I'm not teaching you fables. I'm not teaching you faith that I read from Kedetegin book. This is how we have lived. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It will make you independent of man. It will make you independent of the systems of the world. I've gone to missions on, in nations with nothing in my pocket and done missions for three weeks and came back. Faith to actualize God's purpose. Glory to God. But it starts with your daily confession. We've got four months to the end of this year. Why don't you make them... Four months of faith. And tell yourself, I'm not going to grumble against the Lord. I'm not going to grumble against the Lord. I will speak what I want God to do in my life. He said, as you have spoken in my ears, so shall I do. And what were they saying? Why don't we go back to Egypt? It's better even if we died in Egypt. It's better, oh, we will die in this wilderness. And God said, that's what you have. Twelve spies were sent. Okay? Two came with a good report. Ten came with evil reports. And what happened? The ten did not experience. You only experience what you believe. That's why you can have two people in the same house and they have different experiences. Two people in the same church, they have different experiences. Two ministers, they have different experiences. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One minister that I've constantly challenged my life in the area of faith is Brother Gbile Akane. So all the way in Boko, Benue State. Boko is not the capital of Benue. But in that place where God sent him there, the man has literally touched the whole world. Through provisions, through discipleship. You see a young man that God is calling somewhere. No, he wants to go to Abuja. He wants to go to Kano. Uh, no, nobody wants to go to Kano. Abuja and Lagos. Potakot. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then from there, US, London. Nobody goes to Korea. Nobody goes to Mali. Nobody goes to Congo. Have you ever heard somebody say, the Lord called us to go to Burundi? Nobody. It's only white people. You know, sometimes, and I say this with all humility, I feel sometimes very ashamed sometimes when I go to those nations and the only missionaries that actually meet who has left everything to come are white people. And then some few African churches. Because most of us, I mean, you go to a nation where if you convert... <laughs> I remember when we went to Burundi to preach. <laughs> Man. We wanted to buy bananas. 
and then we changed our money. And when you see how much we we're paying for bananas, it's like we wanted to buy a house. <laughs> you know, when you look at that, you realize, ah, there's no profit in this place. I'm not doing ministry here. One thing you must understand that it takes faith to do ministry according to the way the Lord has asked you to do it. And when I talk about ministry, I'm not talking about pastoral ministry. Whatever the Lord has called you to do in this world will require faith. You've got to learn it. Faith to build your business. Faith to build your home. Faith to raise your children. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Let's do Romans chapter 4. See this now. Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you getting blessed this morning? Romans chapter 4. <laughs> I mean, I see you sharing amazing testimonies of your faith in the name of Jesus. Come on, I said I see you sharing amazing testimonies of your faith in the name of Jesus. Something is going to break loose in your life this period. The favor of God, the mercies of God, and the goodness of God. Amen. Alright, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Yeah, I was telling you this story. I need to finish the story. So, I was going home. And uh, there was no food at home. And uh, I was just thinking, I was like, God, I want to get married now. There's no food. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm the only one that is hungry. It's not an issue. But now bringing another person to come and suffer alongside. You know, and I heard the voice of the Lord in my spirit. He said, you're one person now. He says, when you are two, I'll know. You know, for the first time, it dawned on me that God can count the number of people in my house. But can I tell you something? Since that day, that voice broke the chain of lack. Since that day, I've heard people live with us. I've never been concerned about how many, I mean, people eat in my house, people live with us. I've never been concerned. The assurance that word gave me took away perpetually the fear of never having food. And it solved it. You know why I'm saying that? You see, your fellowship with God, God will speak phrases and words to your heart. Once you lash on to those words, it will break the yoke of poverty. You know people trying to break poverty, break poverty? No, 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 no. You break poverty by just hearing a, voice, a word from God. Do you know God, will, God can just tell you, I'll be with you. That word will give you an assurance to dare things that nobody else would do. But the problem is we're not patient enough. Or we are forcing God to say words. I remember when uh, Bishop Oedipo had the, that commission for the Winner's Chapel. And then younger ministers at that time began to go into ministry. They began to come up with their own vision. Hmm? Some would say, well, Bishop Redeba was 16 hours vision. Some would say, oh, I was in a two-hour vision. And God said to me, I was in two and a half hour vision. Because we think that when we say we're in a vision, it makes it more authentic. One day someone asked me, what, how did the Lord call you into ministry? The Lord didn't give me a very, it wasn't like fire, brimstone, all those kind of things. I just felt an impression in my spirit. I'll have need of your certificate. That was the phrase that launched me into full-time ministry till today. What's my vision? My vision is whatever my father is doing. I just follow him. And I've seen sometimes we'll be more productive than people who had God call their first name and their native name. You know, you know because some of them God called their first name, called their native name at 2.30 in the night. And why am I saying this? Because some of us feel if we don't have those experiences, then God is not speaking to us. And that's a lie. God will speak to you with the impression of the inward man. 
It doesn't have to be grandiose. Angels don't have to be flapping, you know, and God now calls you, my son, my son, say, yeah, my. You know, some people even say, well, God called them Pastor Maxwell. Like, God called you Pastor? God said, Reverend Dr. Maxwell, I have a word for you. Like, man, before you even went into ministry, God has also called you a Reverend Doctor. <laughs> it doesn't have to be spectacular for it to be spiritual. It only has to be spiritual if it's from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some of you will like, oh, pastor, but I don't hear those phrases. I didn't hear a voice. I just felt it on my inside. And faith in that word have produced abundance. Glory to God. Okay. Um, Romans chapter 4. Verse 17. As it is written, look at this, A father of many nations have I made you, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead, and calls into being that which doesn't exist. Verse 18, in hope against hope, he believed. In hope against hope, he believed. That means his current circumstances didn't warrant it. So that he might become a father. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which has been spoken. I want to just emphasize that verse because of our time. The scripture says, I have made you a father of many nations. The next verse says, against hope, he believed in hope so that he can do what? He might become a father of many nations. Did you see two things there? Like God said a word, he had to believe to become that word. That's where the, peop- that's where the problem is. When whatever God calls you, you've got to believe so you can become what God calls you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? So God will call you things you're not right now. But what God needs is your faith in him so you can become that which has called you to be. Glory to God. Glory to God. Get on our website. There are a whole lot of teachings on faith and you will be blessed by them. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just be on our feet and let's just pray. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. I want us to do something. I want to agree with everyone in the service this morning and those who are following us. We want to agree concerning whatever your faith project is, whatever you're believing God for. Come on, how many of us have faith projects? Come on, how many of us have faith projects? How many of you have something we're believing God for? Whether it's healing, whether it's finances, we want to come into agreement today. If two official agree as touching anything on the earth, it shall be done. We want to release a series of miracles and supernatural interventions upon this place. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, we touch and agree. We agree, Father God, for there to be interventions of faith. We touch and agree for there to be interventions of miracles, of signs, and of wonders. In the name of Jesus, we command that faith projects will be accomplished right now. Let there be testimonies of favors and miracles in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have a seat. Praise God. Let's uh, get our offerings ready. Service. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.